at church. And I just want to remind you that the, the thing that we've learned and the very simple answer to the why is because God cares about health and God talks about health in the Bible. So if he shared it with us in the Bible, then it's important for us as Christians to talk about and to teach through and, and to consider as well. And the, the analogy that I've been using um, throughout this series uh, as to why is that God does not view our lives on earth like uh, standing in line for a ride at Disney World or Nickelodeon World. Um, when you stand in line, oftentimes you're just trying to, to pass the time. I, I think of uh, once when we were at uh, Mall of America and we were standing in line for the log ride. And um, you know how it goes through, like the line does through this cave area. And I'm just, one, I'm just thinking this is the biggest way of time waiting for hours and hours, or not hours and hours, but at least 45 minutes for a, a one-minute ride and trying to think about things to talk about with the kids, what games to play while we're standing there. It's just, you know, a waste of time. At least that's how I felt. That's not what our lives are like. We're not just kind of biding our time until Jesus returns or until we get to heaven, but God instead has given us stuff to do. And, and ultimately, as we read from Matthew 5, one of the biggest works he's given us to do is to be salt and light to people, to be reflectors of the light uh, and the gospel that, that we have um, been recipients of and have been changed by. And the truth is, the, the, the healthier we are, the better we're going to be able to do that, Okay. Now, when we talk about health, we also have learned that it's not just one area, meaning our bodies, but that the Bible speaks about health like four legs on a chair. That there's spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical health. And, and all four of those things need to be considered or the chair falls. Um, the spiritual aspect of um, our health, I, I would say, is the most important. That the other three legs are going to have a hard time being properly sturdy if the spiritual part isn't in place. That we need to really plug into Jesus in a daily basis through his word so that we not only have the, the, the strength that we need, but also the perspective that we need as well. The emotional and mental um, Pastor Matt had, took those the last two weeks, and, and honestly, they really go together quite well. Um, you know, the truth is, is that our thoughts and, uh, are, are really a product of our emotions, and our emotions are really a product of our thoughts. They really go together, so he kind of took those as a, as a combination. And then this week, we're going to, to end by taking a look at that part of health that we probably think of first, and, and that being our, our physical health, the, the health of our bodies. Now, I want to just be really honest um, and upfront with you uh, on this particular topic, and you know this, that the subject of physical health and appearance can be a very difficult topic for people to think about and discuss. It just is. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. It just means that I come at this particular topic with a great deal of uh, delicacy. 
Um, if you don't understand what I mean by this, um, maybe it would be good to reference a Dove soap commercial that came out about two years ago. In fact, I think when it first came out, I even referenced it in a sermon here. Um, so this might be the second time that I, I've talked about it. But in, in case you didn't see it or in case you forget, this uh, particular commercial um, had a group of women come to have their uh, portraits sketched by an artist, but yet the artist never saw the women, but instead he drew their portrait based on how the woman would describe herself. So there was kind of a curtain between the artist and the the particular woman. And so the artist would just ask questions, you know, tell me about your hair. What do your eyes look like? What about your nose? What about your chin? And so on and, and so forth, okay? And so after he was done then, they brought in someone else who had known each of these women and a stranger then described the same woman and the artist sketched based on the stranger's description of that same woman. And inevitably, when you put the two portraits, one described by the person, one described by a stranger of that same person, the one described by the person the sketch was inevitably always sadder and less flattering than the one described by someone else. Now, I don't know if this comes as a big surprise to you. Um, I suppose there are, usually um, women are harder on themselves than others. Men sometimes think more of themselves than they should, right? But we all at times um, are the first to uh, point out our flaws, We're the the first to point out our weaknesses. We know them better than anyone else. And um, when it comes to physical health and appearance, there are certain aspects of who we are um, that we just have no control over physically. There are some aspects of of how we look or, or how our health is. There are certain aspects that we don't have control over. Today, we're not going to be talking about those things. But yet, I want to tell you that I understand that and that we all know that there are certain things we can't control. Today, what we're going to look at from God's Word are the things that, with His help, that He has given us the opportunity and the tools to, to have a little bit of control over with His help. And so, um, as I was preparing for this message, I I read uh, a talk that a pastor gave on health, and he made an observation that I think I felt, I just felt was really true, that when it comes to health, all people tend to lean in one of two directions naturally. And this doesn't mean that we are way over on one end or the other. There might be varying degrees of each of these things, but we all naturally lean in one direction or the other. We are either leaning towards worship of body and health, or we naturally lean towards neglecting body and health. And there's variations of that. In fact, that's our first fill-in. When it comes to physical health, we all lean towards worship or neglect. That doesn't mean that we are, all of us either always worship our body and health and we always neglect body and health. It's not what he meant. It just means that we naturally have a leaning. Now, what, uh, what is a, a worshiper of body and health? 
Um, these are tendencies, and let's see if some of us might relate to them. Um, a worshiper of body and health it, it might be, is someone who's more obsessed with health and how they look than what they should. Um, it might be someone who is really, really concerned with the clothes that they wear and their primary motivation for health is their appearance. Might be. It might be someone who um, has to exercise seven days a week for two hours a day and if they don't exercise every single day, if they just don't, if they miss a day or they go on vacation, they just feel horribly guilty and they're crabby because they missed one workout. It might be someone who is so in tune and tied to vitamins and the right food that if they go to grandma's house and she offers, you know, pie, they just can't have it. And if they do, again, they just feel horrible. A worshiper might be someone who um, puts so much onus, so much uh, weight on their ability to take care of their health and body that they forget about God. These are the types of things that are tendencies for worshipers of body and health. It's, it's an obsession. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, you've got a neglector, and some of us lean towards this direction. Neglectors of body and health are, are people who um, would rather go to the dentist than to the gym. Um, they are people who really don't think at all about what they eat or the quantities that they eat. Um, they're, they're people who maybe have uh, had uh, the ability to always find an excuse for not starting exercise yet. Like, let's just wait till we get through Thanksgiving. Well, then Christmas is coming, so that's kind of busy. Let's wait till after that. Well, it'd be a good New Year's resolution, so let's wait. But summer, you know, I need to be more healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, there's always an excuse. Uh, if, if you find yourself always making an excuse to get healthy, you probably lean towards neglecting. And the reality is, is that worshipers often struggle with pride. Neglectors often struggle with guilt because they know they should be healthier or taking better care of themselves, but they just don't have the intestinal fortitude maybe or the motivation to do that. And like I said, I'm guessing that none of us, none of us have one of those two descriptions is totally you, okay? Okay. There's varying degrees, and none of us are probably on the far end of each of these, but we all lean in one way or the other. And truly, um, in both of these, it's a subtle form of self-centeredness. Here's what I I mean. For a worshiper, it might be a little bit um, more obvious. It's all about me and my appearance and how I I hold myself, and there's too much self-esteem wrapped up in the size of my muscles and the clothes that I wear. It's all about me, okay? On the other end, for a neglector, that self-centeredness comes out more so in an excuse where sometimes we might say, um, no one can tell me what I should do with my body, and I shouldn't feel guilty about what I do or don't do with my body because it's my body. And so both are a a subtle form of self-centeredness. So what's the solution to this? 
Now, some of you thought maybe this message on physical health was just going to be a, uh, you know, a direction for those of us who maybe need to get healthier. (laughs) Surprise! This message is for all of us. And the solution is not just to come a little bit more to the middle from worship and neglect. The solution, our second fill-in, the solution to our leaning is, first of all, perspective, which will then maybe change our action. But the solution is to have a different lens to look through when considering health and body. The section of scripture that we're going to look at today is uh, a section that was written to some Greek Christians in the city of uh, a town called Corinth. Uh, they were the, the Corinthians. And you got to know a little bit about Greek culture. Um, and it's maybe not so different than any other culture. But um, the Greeks put a great emphasis on the mind and what was going on inside mind and, and soul um, and, and to the neglect of the body. The, they were able to very much, what they did was compartmentalize body and soul and they didn't really see how they connected a whole lot. That the body was just earthly. Um, it didn't really have a lot to do with God or the spiritual. And in fact, in the context of chapter 6, we're not going to get into a lot of the context Context. We might actually in our marriage series coming up here. But in context, Paul, the reason Paul was writing about the body was because the Corinthians were abusing their bodies or at least tempted to abuse their bodies, especially in the area of sexuality. They just viewed it, their bodies, as a thing. They just viewed their bodies as, as a body disconnected to Spiritual things disconnected to God. And so Paul writes to them, and we're going to look at just two verses today. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. Paul writes, Do you not know, and he asks it in a question because they did not know, they didn't realize, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, right away, um, they would have known what a temple was, whether it had been the, the temple in Jerusalem, but maybe even more so they could have related these Corinthians to the huge temple to Aphrodite, a false imaginary god that was right there in Corinth. And whether it was uh, a temple in Jerusalem to the true god or a temple to a false god, they knew the connotation of a temple, that a temple was a place where God had a special presence, a place where God dwelt. And what Paul is saying is this, that when you come to faith, when you put your trust in Jesus through the Lord's work in your heart, that you are changed body and soul, and that your being now becomes a home for God himself. That your body is not just a body, it's a home for the Holy Spirit. That your body is a temple Now, fellas, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I know we're always looking for new and good ways to compliment our wives. Next time you go out with your wife, you might want to say something like, you know, dear, your temple has never looked nicer. You know, that could be a good pickup line that might work, okay? Your body is a temple. 
It's a place that God dwells. End of verse 19. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You know that body that some of us tend to worship and put way too much emphasis on? It's not your body. You know that body that some of us tend to neglect and say, you know what, I can do with it what I want, sexually, physically, whatever. I just need to tell you what Paul tells us. It's not your body. You're not your own. It's God that he gave you to take care of and that he created. Think back to the the verses from Psalm 139 that we read earlier. They're here on the screen. David wrote, You, Lord, God, created my inmost being. You, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Think about that for a moment. Didn't say... Just, boom, you were there. <laughs> he says, you knit me. God used that word. David chose that word for a reason. Um, any of you knit? Anyone? Raise your hand. If you, everyone? Yes? One? Two? A few, few knitters? Yeah, I don't, you don't knit, Sam. I don't think so. Um, Knitting is something that once you get to know it, how to do it, it comes a little easier. But if you've ever started out trying to knit, it, it's not easy to, to start. And the things that a beginner knitter makes does not look as good as someone who really knows how to do it. You have to, to put a little bit of thought into knitting. Who's it for? What am I making? How big are they? How small are they? Um, you got you to gotta think there's thought that goes into it. That's why when, when you get out the, the afghan that your grandmother knit you, it means something more than just a blanket because she took time to make it. That's what David writes about how you came about. You need to, no matter who you are, praise God for who you are. Because it was not an accident. It wasn't just some sort of throwing darts at a dartboard. It wasn't just a product of two parents. God knit you together. And I, I know that there are some things that you don't like about your body and appearance that you don't have any control over. Um, you know, my, my skin is too light, my skin is too dark, my hair is too straight, my hair is too curly. By the way, no matter what kind of hair you have, um, you want the other kind of hair, usually. Um, so what does that say? My nose is too big, my eyes are too small, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too st- Docky, I don't have enough muscles, I'm too skinny. I mean, we all have stuff, right? Part of being comfortable with the things you can't control is recognizing that God knit you. And that leads us to our next fill-in, that you are not your own. God created you. Now, he didn't create the sinful nature part of us, But when it comes just to the body, to the soul, God created you. And and so you're not your own. 
You have a creator. And then there's another reason that Paul references why your body is not your own. Look at the end of this verse. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. God saw you in your sin and your unbelief. He created you perfect, created us perfectly. And then because of the the sin of our, our first parents, Adam and Eve, and our continued sin passed down and carried out by us, he saw that we needed saving. And so God then not just created us, he sent his son to save us. And he saved us, think about this. He didn't just save your soul. (laughs) He saved your body too. You know why? Because on the last day, your body is going to rise and it's gonna be different in the sense that it's gonna be perfect, but he saved both your body and your soul for eternity. Pretty cool thing. It'll be your hands. It'll be your head. It'll be your feet. It's your body. Perfect, yes, but your body. Our our, our next fill-in. You're not your own. Jesus purchased you. He bought you. Now, um, let me me say that phrase again that sometimes we find ourselves saying um, to ourselves. uh, No one can tell me what to do with my body because it's my body and I can do what I want with it. Takes on a little bit of a different view when you look at what Paul writes. You know what it's like? Maybe I can best explain this through an illustration uh, to help you understand how we should view our body. It's like uh, kids and their bedroom. Okay? So... If you've had kids, um, you know how kids sometimes in certain stages of their life can be possessive of their bedroom. It's my bedroom. No one else can come into it, especially not little brothers or sisters. And sometimes we've got a, a name tag that says Ben's room or there's a keep out sign at certain stages of, of life. No one else can come into my room. Why do grandma and grandpa have to stay in my room? Because it's, it's my room. Right? But it's, how come when it comes to their room that mom or dad can come in at any time that they want? And how come, even though it's their room, that mom and dad can tell them how to clean their room? Now, remember, um, I don't quite have a high schooler yet, so um, maybe that will change in the next few years, and I won't have quite as much control over the room as I do now. But in theory, parents can tell their kids to clean up their room, and they're supposed to clean up their room even though it's, it's their room. Why is that? You know why that is? Because it ain't their room. They're just using it, and it's mom and dad's room that they're taking care of, that mom and dad have let them have a little bit more of ownership of, but it's not theirs. That's the way it is with your body. God, how can you tell me what to do with my body when it's, it's my body? And if I don't want to take care of myself, it's my body. If I don't want to clean up, it's, it's my body. If I, don't, if I want to do something in my dating life that isn't right, it's my body. Um, or that you don't approve of, it's my body. No, no, it's not. It ain't your room and it ain't your body. It's God's body. 
that he's allowed you to use. And now, just like kids should take care of their parents' room, we are called to take care of our bodies because they're not our own. God created it. Jesus purchased it. It's his. See how the perspective changes? And so then Paul ends this section with then direction. The end of uh, these verses go this way. Therefore, based on the fact that Jesus purchased you, God created you, therefore, here's what you're to do with your body. You're to honor God with it. You're to honor him by how you take care of it. You're to honor him with how you use it. Uh, Is there a particular event that you can think of in your life that you really put a lot of emphasis and getting into good shape I think, of, uh, I think of weddings, you know, that's, that's one where I think the bride especially puts all of this emphasis on getting into shape, or maybe the bride's mother as well a lot of times, right? I might think of uh, the Tough Mudder uh, race. Some of my friends were getting all ready for that so they didn't, you know, die during it, or, or a marathon or something like that. Um, there are certain things that motivate us to be healthy, You know what should be our chief motivation? This. To honor God. That every day we consider and think about how do we take care of ourselves? How do we view our bodies? Either are we putting too much emphasis on it or too little to honor God. This is our our last fill-in. Our bodies were given by God, for God, to honor God. Now, when we take this perspective, then I think things change. When we recognize that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit that God has called us to take care of, then things will change. Uh, For those who lean towards worshiping body and health, it gives us new perspective. At the end of the day, your driving force should not be to look better. There's nothing wrong with that, but that should not be your driving force. The driving force should not be a number on the scale. The driving force should not be to be able to lift more than that guy or to beat someone in an arm wrestling match or to be faster than someone else. Those are okay goals to have. I'm not saying you can't have them. I'm saying that should not be your driving force. The driving force should be my body is a tool to be used to honor God, not myself. To praise God, not myself. And so I want to be healthy, not for my benefit, ultimately, but first and foremost for God's benefit. And now, how am I going to live? I might need to scale back exercise a little bit because I've made it my God. I've made sports my idol instead of making God the one that's my God. For neglectors, Paul's words give you a new perspective. Some of the same things. It's not about how you look in the mirror. It's not about the the number on the scale. It's about being healthy. It's about taking care of the bedroom, (laughs) the body that God gave you so that you are better able to serve God and your family being healthy.
It's important to think about what we eat. It's important to think about exercise. And if, honestly, especially in our culture today that is a much more sit-at-your-desk type of culture, if we're not exercising um, three, four times a week, uh, I, I don't know if we're taking care of ourselves the way we should. But we need to consider exercise and how does that fit into our plan. Because if we don't, it's not about how we look. It's about how can we honor God by taking care of the bodies that he's given to us. I'm I'm being very careful. I don't want to tell you what to do. You need to find out what you need to do. But at the end of the day, the big picture what you need to do is to honor God. There's no doubt about that with how we take care of ourselves. Well, I like to close this whole series um, just by thinking um, for a moment about um, purpose. Um, if, if you're someone who's been attending the last few weeks that still isn't quite sure about God and, and Jesus, which uh, there, there might be some like that, the, the whole idea of taking care of ourselves um, to serve God maybe has not really resonated Because the truth is that if there was no creator, if there is no creator, then ultimately your body is kind of for you to do whatever you want with it. But for us who believe that we are not an accident, for us who believe that we are put here by God, that he knit us together, you got to understand that when there's a creator There's always a purpose, and the purpose is not the creation's purpose. The purpose is always the creator's purpose. When he creates something, when a creator creates something, it's his purpose. Think about anything. There's a purpose to a creation that the creator gives it, whether it be the creation of the car or the creation of TV. Even sandcastles have a purpose of the creator to, even though they get washed away, there's some enjoyment that comes as as they Make it, right? You've been created. The creator has a purpose for you. And so as we continue, I pray, not just during these five weeks, but continue to have a reset in our health, body and soul, I pray that our motivation is what Jesus has done for us and the ability to live for the creator. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Thank you for these last five weeks and for uh, helping us to reset our view of health in four key areas. Lord, um, as we've been fed by your word, now we pray that you would give us the strength and power that we need um, to carry some of these things out with your help. Yes, there will be times that we uh, have some steps backwards. Forgive us uh, during those times. And then renew us and strengthen us with your forgiveness and your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name and also pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.